Hi, and welcome to Things of Interest. I'm Sophia France. And I'm Serena Chen. And this episode, we're going to be talking about perfectionism and how being perfectionistic has ruined our lives. Basically. (laughs) There's been a couple of articles and ideas floating around for a while where it talks about how the biggest thing you can learn, really, as an adult is that anything is better than nothing. Mm. And that's really tough for people like us who are perfectionists because... One of the things that you often see in perfectionism is a lot of procrastination because the idea is like if you can't do it perfectly why bother doing it at all i think that is probably something we can get a full hour-long episode out of (laughs) yeah i think probably to kick us off serena do you just want to talk a bit about your perfectionist tendencies and how you feel they've affected your life for the most part and maybe this is me like having developed stockholm syndrome but i think it's been great quite great (laughs) like I place a lot of personal value in having pride in my own work and in what I do and when I produce a piece of work I don't care as much as to how how well it's received I care a lot about what I think of it and um, how I receive it and whether you know when I see some some of my work whether it be out in the open or even in private and I haven't released it yet like how proud do I feel about it and when I do feel proud about it I feel great I guess my question then is like what element of your work makes you proud of it like is it the quality is it the amount of time you put into it I think a lot of it has to do with a lot the amount of time I've put into it because I can't really there's only so much I can do to ascertain the quality of my work. Um, because I created it myself, like, I'm going to have a, a lopsided view of what quality means. Hmm. And it also depends on, like, how far back in time I'm looking. If I look back uh, five years or more, nah, that's not going to be a good time. That is going to be a bad, 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 sad time. Because my tastes and my preferences and kind of my my bar for quality would have moved since then. So I try not to look at at work that's too old. But um, definitely the the time that I spent, like when I I reread a piece of work, when I re-look at a piece of work, when I revisit a piece of work, I'm reminded by all of the hours that I put into it, the late nights and early mornings. And that makes me feel good about myself. That's so. really healthy. Yay! <laughs> that's, like, that's way healthier than I was anticipating. Like, oh my god. Gold, gold star. Gold star. <laughs> I mean, you and I both know that Like, I have some pretty horrific procrastination um, <laughs> tendencies. So maybe we can, we can, you know, unravel that probably. I, I have a feeling that I probably... Um, I am not as in tune with how my mind works um, as you are with yours because mm. I just don't yeah, talk about it as much. I've been thinking about perfectionism. This is going to be a very roundabout story, so just like bear with me on it. Um, but, God, like a couple of weeks ago now, um, I was talking to someone. I can't remember how it came up, but they were just like, I said something about how I really enjoyed running. 
And they mm-hmm. were like, yeah, it kind of feels like there are people who are really into running and people who aren't. And usually you don't change from one to the other. And I was like, well, I did. Like, I hated mm. any land-based exercise as a teenager. <laughs> it was just like, why are you making me move with my entire body weight being affected by gravity? Outrageous. <laughs> and for me, one of the biggest things when it comes to, like, doing exercise and going for runs is realizing that I don't have to be good at it. Mm. Because I think the first couple of times I tried to start going running or start jogging or doing any exercise, I would just feel like I wasn't good at it, therefore this was like a disaster and embarrassing and I should never do it again. Mm. And that's kind of like, I think that's definitely something that's come out of being like a high achiever as a teen. You know, when you win medals for swimming, it's really hard to then go and do a sport that you're shitty at. Mm-hmm. and I kind of realized that like one of the big things in me beginning to run and exercise regularly and like do all the fitness stuff that I love was just accepting that I don't actually have to be good at it like turning up is enough Yeah. and if I go for a run and I'm really slow then that's better than not having gone for a run and it's just kind of like changing what our comparatives are because mm. I think a lot of the time when we do something, we see the comparative as, like, us doing it better or for longer or more, whereas actually the comparative a lot of the time is just, like, not doing something. So, like, if you practice the piano for 20 minutes, that's better than not practicing it at all. But a lot of the time we're like, ah, I should have practiced for an hour. In a similar way, Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. when you see photos of medal winners, often the, um, like, Olympic medal winners, often the silver medalists look really pissed off. Yeah, And it's like a human brain thing is because we see our comparatives. And so for the silver place getter, their comparative is that they could have got the gold. Um, Whereas like often people who place third who get the bronze look really happy. And that's because for them, their comparative is not meddling. (laughs) So people, people who get third don't tend to be like, oh man, I could have got a silver medal. They're like, shit, yes, I got a medal. (laughs) This is incredible, you guys. Um, And I think we all have that like, to a greater or lesser extent like it's really difficult to kind of be introspective about the hypotheticals that you're comparing often like subconsciously I don't think a lot of people really spell it out and they're like you know I ran this far but the comparative in my mind was actually running this far today Mm -hmm. it's just like we either feel good or feel bad and very few people kind of go into more depth about it Mm. I think that's a big that's a big perfectionism thing. Yeah, I'm thinking now because as a as a kid I also very very briefly did some piano and I was definitely one of those kids who um could could pick it up fast enough to get away with not ever practicing. <laughs> um which was very bad and if you're listening to this and you know, you're learning piano or something similar. You gotta practice. Uh but like for about I don't know, half a year, which is I think half a year to a year was about how long I had lessons. Um, I could get away with basically not practicing all week, turning up to the lesson and improving enough to kind of not feel bad about it. Yeah. And when it when I got to a level where 
I wasn't getting the pieces and I actually did need to practice that kind of perfectionist tendency within me just thought oh I just suck at this I mean maybe it's not a perfectionist tendency per se but like a fixed mindset kind of thing yeah where your brain goes oh well I guess I suck at this now so (laughs) (laughs) bye bye (laughs) and I I wondered to myself a lot like if I had been worse at piano when I started, mm. would I have stuck at it for longer? Well, That's I think, something I think about a lot. I think as well, like, what were you typically praised for around that time in life? Were you praised for doing well or putting effort in? Right. And that's often a lot of the time where this comes from, is, like, you don't get... Well, like, us as kids didn't necessarily get praised for, like, working really hard at something Mm. we got praised for succeeding yeah and so to us to an extent it kind of doesn't matter how hard we work it matters if we succeed and so if we work really hard at something and fail then we feel like shit yeah and also if we work really hard at something and get like the same amount of success as if we didn't work that hard at something yeah then just like economically it's it's just not as worth it I think a lot of um, how I've approached activities and problems growing up is what is the least amount of effort I can put into this thing? And maybe that's just because I'm lazy, but like what is the least amount of effort I can put into this thing to to get an excellence grade, to um, come first, to come top of the class? Like what is the bare minimum that I have to do I was basically trying to life hack my way through school. It's just like, wh- what are the shortcuts that I can find? What are the words that I need to say um, in this essay to, to get the grade? What are the things, like the bare minimum of things that I need to do? And maybe that that does come from the fact that me and, um, and a lot of us in our generation were praised for for results Mm. not for not for the effort yeah i feel like to an extent in cea or at least the time we went through it uh rather encouraged that kind of life hacking your way through exams yeah (laughs) because you can have a great essay but if you didn't hit the keywords you weren't getting a pass mark for it yeah not that i'm still mad about that particular essay um (laughs) (laughs) it's been a really weird thing for me to sort of come to terms with of like those tendencies in myself is because mm. like I I've never really seen myself as a perfectionist I've never been like mm. oh yeah I want this to be perfect I would just be like it is either good or it is garbage and there is no in between <laughs> yeah yeah hard relate yeah <laughs> yeah but definitely like as an adult I can see kind of the tendencies that come from perfectionism although yeah, anyone who knew me in high school would just be like, Sophia is not a perfectionist. <laughs> she, she, and even now, it's like, I am, I am a bit of a mess a lot of the time. And I will usually like, I will work hard on something to get it good. And I'll be like, cool, I'm done. I'm out. Hmm. Do you find that your perfectionist tendencies tend to come out more in certain uh, pieces of work and less so in other pieces? And have you, like have you noticed any patterns around that I think the biggest thing for me is that I find it difficult to do things that I am not good at 
when it comes to so um one of the things I've been doing this this year and I sort of started at the end of last year is like just drawing and I'm not good at drawing and like I know it takes practice and I'm not really drawing to do the practice I'm just like I know that I'm not particularly talented at this Mm. and I'm just trying to do it for me and that was a really difficult thing to start doing was just to be Mm. like it's fine if this is shit yeah yeah having said that like I often try and put myself in situations where I have to do things that I am bad at like I started debating at university because I wanted to do something I was not good at at that time I was not good at public speaking Mm. and that very much was something that came from my piano teacher who I think recognized the kind of perfectionisty tendencies in me <laughs> mm-hmm. and she was like you are going to have a hard time when you have to do things that you are not good at and I was like how dare you <laughs> I'm good at everything this is an outrage <laughs> what about you I don't know it's it's weird because I never thought of myself as a perfectionist and even now I don't think I'd classify myself as a perfectionist there's like it seems like almost every piece of work that I've put out into the world I've put out because I've hit a breaking point where I where I've gone fuck it like I'm not totally 100% happy with this but I'm just going to to hit the publish button to hit the submit button to to do the thing anyway yeah from my perspective it's like oh I let shitty work out into the world all the time and I let things go all the time but I guess from the outside perspective I can see how I would be absolutely labelled as a perfectionist. With certain pieces of work, I could, you know, start working on it and not stop and not sleep and not eat and just forget about, um, you know, your everyday functions as a human being. Mm -hmm. Because I'd be just so engrossed with that piece of work. Um, This happens a lot during 48 Hours, (laughs) the the film fest. Um, But it, it used to happen with um, my art projects, my photography projects. In school, I would just... I mean, and a part of that is because I would procrastinate so much that I I, I would kind of have to Mm. um, work through the night. There was this one... I think it was a printmaking project that I was doing at school. And I was at school um, after hours, and my art teacher was just like, oh, just lock the door behind you when you're finished. And I'm like, cool, cool, thanks. And so I'm working away, and before I know it, my dad is knocking on the door, and he looks furious, and I'm like, oh, what's happening? And I check the clock, and it's three o'clock in the morning. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and I just, the time just passed, um, and I had just no no concept of how much time had passed i had no concept of like my hunger level or my thirst level um i probably didn't drink water or eat anything during the what nine hours i was there and it i guess that's been my experience with perfectionism i guess um i want to i want to ask you a bit about your procrastination but um but first there's like uh there's a thing that's in autism and ADHD called hyperfocus, mm-hmm. which is pretty much exactly what you're describing. You just get like completely absorbed by whatever you're doing. And it's amazing. Like it's such a superpower. Um, mm. And like when I can drop into it at work, it's really nice. Although right now people keep talking to me. Um, <laughs> God, 
friends at work. How dare they? <laughs> Being able to drop into that kind of hyper focus when you're working on something that requires that incredible focus for long periods of time can be really useful, but can also result in your dad turning up to the photography studio at 3 a.m. Um, where do you – so one of the reasons I was like we should talk about procrastination was be- – no, perfectionism, sorry, was because I know that you procrastinate yes. like just so much. And I know a lot yes, of the time so much. that comes from perfectionism. Mm. But from what it sounds like you're saying, that kind of doesn't for you. So, like, where do you think your your tendency to procrastinate comes from? It's probably a mixture of things. I I'm not sure myself. So currently, I'm procrastinating on. I mean, obviously, I'm always procrastinating on something. Currently, I'm procrastinating on writing up case studies for my portfolio mm. because I'm I'm about to apply for some jobs and. I don't know. Whenever I find myself procrastinating, I find myself in a very similar situation in which it's a case in which I know what I need to do. Like I can imagine myself going through the motions and the steps of the work that I need to do to get something done. And I just don't want to do it. I wish I could fast forward through the work part and just come out the other side. And I'm just completely like throwing shit ideas out there because I I really have no idea why I do this but I I wonder if it's um I hate disappointing people I really really hate disappointing people I can't deal with it it's it's really bad um and it's gotten me into a lot of trouble because what will happen is I'll I'll overpromise myself to, to people and um, and because I've ever promised my, my time and my energy inevitably I'll kind of come up short for everyone and therefore disappoint them more. I can't handle the idea of disappointing people like up front when they ask me things so I'll like say yes to everything and then inevitably I'll disappoint them later on and it sucks, it sucks so much so I feel like when I procrastinate on stuff, it's that thought of the possibility of disappointing someone. I don't know why this hangs on me so heavily. Because, like, people's opinions of me, I don't mind. But when it comes to something that I've promised someone, or... Even if I haven't promised someone something, like with this job hunt thing, um, everyone's been so lovely and so, so supportive and so nice. And I just feel like I need to make everyone proud and I need to perform for them and I need to get the best job I can possibly get because I don't want to disappoint them. And so whenever I like try and write these case studies, that's the thing that's hanging in my head the most is the the possibility and the thought that I I would not do a good enough job and I would get something that, I, yeah, that I would eventually disappoint people. And so I just put it off because I don't like that feeling <laughs> until pro- probably the, like, day before I have to do something and then I'll do it all at once. 
Does that kind of yeah. make sense? I've just been like spitballing. I no, that, that absolutely makes sense. I was just thinking how I hate disappointing people as well, but mm. it doesn't flow into like the rest of my life so much. Like it's purely an emotional thing for me. I think part of that is like my parents are very big on backup plans that's good. So, like, when I when I applied to do my PhD, um, I went home for Christmas the year that my application had gone in. Um, mm-hmm. And basically, like, the whole first week I was there, my parents were like, but what if you don't get in? Like, what's your backup plan? What if-? And I had one, right? Mm-hmm. But I was so mad that they didn't have faith in me that I would get into my PhD that I didn't tell them about it. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, like, no, for sure. Like, I can definitely find a job, but I will – get into my phd um and then i got a letter from the university of melbourne saying that i've been accepted into their phd program and it was kind of like okay yeah that's really good that's kind of like the the attitude i've grown up with is like i i want particular things from my parents Mm -hmm. and it's really difficult to kind of explain that i want them to hit this balance between like having faith in me but not making me feel like I'm under pressure to succeed. Right. I felt a lot of the time through school that, like, I was under a lot of pressure to succeed. And then after I left home and I kind of started pushing back against that and saying, like, this pressure isn't good for me. Like, I don't mm. I don't want you to be doing it anymore. They pull back into almost, like, not having faith in me or certainly, huh, like, okay. not not – not displaying that through their words. Right. Because I've definitely had conversations with, like, my dad where I've been like, when you say this, this is how I feel. And he was like, oh, like, I'm really sorry. We don't think like that at all. Um, I I love my parents deeply. That's definitely shaped how I kind of approach people being disappointed in me. And, like, absolutely, like, um, there's no better – solution for perfectionism than having to write a phd thesis um (laughs) because you will hate it and everything and you'll be like i will submit this to get it away from me yeah i no longer want this in my life at all Mm -hmm. i guess i'll submit it (laughs) and that was really good i think like i i worked really hard on it and i wanted to be the best possible thing it could be but ultimately a lot of that ended up out of my hands. Like I wasn't mm-hmm. really the top of either of my supervisors' priority lists. And that meant that they didn't review things until really late, which gave me less time mm-hmm. to put it through. It meant that like I didn't get like almost the coaching that I needed to be like a strong scientific writer. Like without a question, I'm a strong writer. But scientific mm. writing is archaic bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, you mm-hmm. used this word that means likely instead of this other word that means likely. Well, clearly cannot be published. And what I created in its raw form, like when you're looking at the results, when you're talking about the discussion and the ideas there, I was really proud of. Mm. But the sort of outside shape of it, the way that things were phrased and the way the thread was pulled through and the scientific wording around it and how I tried to explain what I was thinking, 
I don't think that was the best it could have been. Um, and I think some of that is, you know, the lack of experience I had in writing scientific papers, which, like, I will take some of the ownership for, but also, like, I wasn't given very much support when I tried to do that. Mm. Um, and it was also, yeah, like, that that oversight, that training. Like, fundamentally, a PhD, a research master's, they are training qualifications more akin to apprenticeships than they are to, like, mm. a master of law, right? So as part of that training, like... If I were doing a carpentry apprenticeship, I would expect to be taught how to join wood, right? Like, Mm -hmm. and I kind of feel like there was not a huge amount of oversight in how I was, you know, developing that ability to join wood. I think that was probably a really big thing where I was just like, well, I want this to be perfect, but I don't have the tools and the people who have the tools aren't giving me, like, aren't spending the time on it. So I guess it mm. won't be perfect. <laughs> Shrug emoji. Yeah, pretty much. It's, um, it's what that, what's that, um, Alcoholics Anonymous thing? Like, the, the strength to change the things I can, the courage to accept the things I can't, and the wisdom to know the difference. Mm-hmm. Something like that. And I think, like, that's a really good lesson to learn. Yeah. Because I like, and yeah, like for me, this is part of like dealing with my mental illness is like, I draw this very sharp line between things I can control and things I can change and things I cannot mm. control and how much mm. ownership I take for each of those. And yeah, that's when I was sort of talking about a scientific paper, like that was one of those instances where I was like, I will accept that I did not push as hard as I probably should have had I really wanted to get this work published, mm. but it cannot like, I definitely, like I I did my due diligence on it, right? Like, and that was not met with equivalent support. And I think, like, yeah, that's that's a really good thing to learn as a pseudo-perfectionist is to just be like, you know, can't change what other yeah. people do. All I can change is how I respond to it. Mm. Yeah, that's been something that I've been slowly learning throughout the years as well. It's, it's interesting um, when you mentioned that your parents placed a lot of like pressure on you to succeed and that's where a lot of kind of the perfect perfectionism comes from was that correct yeah yeah because I feel like for me personally I've had the exact opposite experience in that my parents never really pressured me into anything (laughs) um they're they're very chill they're very nice and they're very supportive but they they never they never like expect me they they never like tell me to do something or pressure me to do something um like when i had piano lessons it's cuz i wanted i i was like i would like piano lessons please um when i you know do the filmmaking stuff and i do the orchestra stuff and i do the choir stuff that's cuz i volunteered to do that no one you know my parents didn't pressure me into anything <clears throat> which is um i know very against the the natural stereotype of the the Asian parents. Um, But in in some ways, like, I feel like if they had pressured me into succeeding, I wouldn't care as much. Does that make sense? Like, like, like if if they had really, really pushed me to to succeed, to, like, get really good grades, um, gosh, I would come home with grades and they'd be they just wouldn't (laughs) they wouldn't care and i'd be like okay sweet 
awesome. Um, but because they were supportive, but not, uh, they didn't pressure me. Like I kind of took it upon myself. Yeah. There was, there was, there was no one, no one else's kind of expectations to fall back on. And I took it upon myself to assign expectations. They, they're not asking for me to get all excellence grades, but I took it upon myself to say, like, this is what I need to do in almost, and not quite, but in almost like a, like a moral sense. Like my parents have supported me, they've raised me, they've sacrificed so much for me and they deserve these things from me, even though they never asked any of it. And I feel like I might be doing that same kind of like assigning expectation to people who never expected anything from me. So maybe that's what I'm doing with this job thing, which is like people are really supportive. They're really great. They're not like saying, hey, you have to, you know, get this ridiculous job. But I I guess I'm kind of doing this weird mental trap where I pretend like, okay, well, not pretend, but like I, I mentally assign, uh, not expectation, but like it's less of an expectation and more like I believe that these people around me deserve this thing from me and therefore I have to succeed. I have to perform and I have to do the thing. That's kind of fucked up. Yeah, it's it's how you um <laughs> try and do their support justice. Yes, 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 that's exactly it. Yeah. Thank you for for tying that bow around <laughs> my my ridiculous ranting. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure how to get away from that feeling. I'm not sure if I even want to. I like making people proud. Mm. I like it's much like how I, I enjoy making myself proud. It's, yeah. Um yeah. How then do you reckon you could keep feeling like that but procrastinate less? That is a great question. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The idea of disappointing someone is just horrible to me. So horrible. Which is why I avoid the work, because I avoid that feeling. But I think I think I'd get over it if I learned to deal with uncomfortable feelings so this is like outside of the whole procrastination perfectionism sphere and more generally in life just learning how to deal with uncomfortable feelings and instead of avoiding them really being real buddhist about it and sitting with them um approaching them almost from like a third person perspective being really curious about this uncomfortable horrible feeling that you're feeling and just pushing through. Here's a question, like, what makes you procrastinate? I don't procrastinate. <laughs> oh, the dream. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, the biggest thing for me is just, like, genuinely not wanting to do the task. Just being like, ugh. Yeah. This is this is not enjoyable. This is not something I want to do. And then, like, I will either do it because like I like the end point so like 
Mm. cleaning for example i actually really like cleaning so it's a terrible example but um like cleaning <laughs> i really like the end point mm. i don't necessarily like how sweaty i get when i vacuum but i really like having a vacuumed house so i mm-hmm. just like i do it because i know where i'm going with other stuff like i mean look i i did piano lessons for 10 years i got up to grade eight three of those years i actually enjoyed playing the piano <laughs> grade four was pretty fun as well but also, like, I stressed through up after my grade two exam. So, you know, you win some, you lose some. But yeah, like, absolutely. Mm. Just having to sit down and practice the piano and do, like, boring shit. And, well, that's another thing where it's like, it was with every piece, you have to start off being bad at it. Yeah. And, like, that was really tough for me. I fucking hated being bad at anything. Um, yeah, I think, like, Having to do that, having to just, like, make myself sit down and practice the piano for two hours when I would much rather have a nap. Like, that was that has taught me to just be like, okay, this has to get done, so I'm just mm. going to do it. With some stuff, like, I'll put them off for ages. Like, I cleaned my shower this weekend, which I needed to do, like, about a month ago. It wasn't gross or anything. There was just, like, you know when, um, like, you get water on your shower door? Yeah. And then it dries yeah. off and you get all the dots? yeah that for ages um yeah i just did it this weekend because for some reason like do you ever get the feeling like that something clicks in your brain and you can just do something yes yeah i just got that with cleaning my shower (laughs) that's how do i get that like but as a face spray (laughs) you know as the second step in my skincare routine just like boom all right i can do shit now (laughs) moisturizer toner do shit serum i think that's probably like a little bit of an autistic thing as well is just being like Mm. okay this has to get done so it will get done the other thing is as well is we as humans we always want to be like having having fun being happy enjoying ourselves Mm -hmm. but that's unsustainable having like really active emotions is a lot of work and it's a lot of drain emotionally and so being excited having fun being happy those are like those are all really active emotions that can be quite draining whereas being contented or feeling fulfilled those are much easier emotions to sit with and so like for the boring shitty jobs that we have to do whether it's like cleaning the shower or like writing up a document for work that you don't really care about or just anything else having mm dinner with a friend you don't actually like that much first of all don't do that but secondly like <laughs> don't do that. yeah the way you do it is you're just like this is value like you essentially like convince yourself that it's valuable if you don't believe that because like mm. if you're doing it it must be valuable if you're spending if you're investing your time into something it must hold some value you'd hope so <laughs> yeah and well and if it doesn't like maybe revisit why you're spending time on that and like yeah yeah maybe the value it holds for you is it's part of the job that you get paid to do and that's enough right like and just doing it and being like this has value therefore i must do it and its value is that i get paid on an hourly basis to do it like that's fine mm-hmm. but yeah my focus is always has shifted much more to try and be like i want to feel fulfilled i want to feel like I've done something meaningful Mm. um and thankfully my job like enables me to do that but then like a lot of the meaning I get out of stuff I do at home is like I will cook on a night where I don't really want to cook 
And then I'm like, I'm doing great. I made myself a healthy meal. So proud mm. of me. Done a good job. And that's like, that's fulfillment. That's contentment. Those are like good passive emotions that I can sustain for longer than I can sustain more active, like positive emotions. Mm. I wonder if also you're so good at getting through procrastination because you've had so much practice. Mm. Like getting through not wanting to do something. Ella, your your piano lessons from from when you were a child. Yeah, or just like being depressed my entire life. Like, that that's that's more than enough practice. God, yeah. I can just <laughs> I can not sure. tell you the number of days that I mm. woke up and I was like, I don't want to fucking study today mm-hmm. at uni. And then I just did because I had to. I find that incredible. I know I sh- I shouldn't. That seems like straightforward, but I find that really incredible. Well, it's like it's the flip side of like when something happens and your brain's like, you got to be anxious about it, and you're like, brain, why? And your brain is like, you you just got it. Like mm. it's the other side of that coin where you're like, man, I don't want to study. Like I don't want to read. Like. The mm-hmm. third year virology course I took was the course I was most excited to take before I started at Otago. Like, literally three years of hype leading up to this course. And it was the most boring shit <laughs> I've ever sat through in a university theatre. And, like, yeah. I mean, I got I got a B plus. It's fine. Mm-hmm. And so any time I went to study virology, I was like, I hate this course. I love mm-hmm. viruses. I fucking hate this course like Mm -hmm. we're not doing nearly enough on like the cool viruses all we're doing is like oh this is how a coronavirus replicates like Mm -hmm. fucking who cares like Mm. no don't don't make me learn this it's no part of exciting research and then my brain would just be like gotta study it though i'm like oh i do gotta study it (sighs) go go your brain yeah I don't know where it comes from. Like, it's it's probably a lot of it, yeah, from practice in my childhood. But, like, there's mm. a lot of stuff that, like, I feel like my brain is, like, one of those, um, what is it, the, dif- not the differentiation engine. You know, the old-timey computer? Oh, yeah. Um, the analytical, I think it is some kind of, like, dif- different- differential. Differential engine of Charles Babbage. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like my brain is like the differential engine and that like it does all these cool fancy things and makes me feel emotions but there's a lot of like just switches that can click mm-hmm. and so you know I might be in a particular mood or just feeling really shitty about something wanting to do something or whatever and then a switch will click and my brain will be like nope can't do that anymore like right now mm-hmm. I can't really eat meat because about a month ago like a switch in my brain just clicked it was like no meat is gross now I'm like Okay, but I really like meat. And my brain was like, nah, it's gross. Can't eat it. Sorry. Don't know what to tell you. (laughs) Meat is gross. (laughs) And sometimes that's really good. Like, you know, it's how I got through undergrad, really. But I also don't know how to transfer that into words that will ever help anyone else. (laughs) So sorry. (laughs) Well, there's there's a few things that I've kind of, I've been picking out of that just for myself. Um, one of which is to, ah, this is very meta. So 
When you're a perfectionist, you procrastinate a lot because you don't want to, you know, do something that's not up to your standards. So you procrastinate and procrastinate and procrastinate. But the the way to get through that is to to kind of practice getting through that. So one of the things that I'm kind of making a note for myself to do is to practice doing things that I don't want to do. So things like, I mean, it can be simple things like cleaning, but also things like writing my fucking case studies <laughs> but then like i'm i'm viewing the the act of getting through procrastination with a perfectionist lens in that if i don't do it right every time if i fail then it's like oh well, why why would i even even try but then i've just caught myself like approaching that problem from a perfectionist lens because if even if i fail to get through the procrastination that's just another practice and I need to keep practicing getting through the working through the discomfort of whatever I'm trying to work on at the moment. Yeah. So that's one of the things that I've I've kind of picked up from from what you've been saying and probably the biggest thing. Yeah, and it's it's kind of that approach again of like anything is better than nothing. Yeah. Which is how I edit our episodes, basically. It's like usually I will <laughs> start editing and I'll be like, five minutes is fine. Like, all you have to do is edit the first five minutes. And then I'll just, like, keep going if I feel good. I do like the idea of, like, sustained work rather than everything at once. Because of my, like, procrastination uh, tendencies, I tend to do all of my work all at once, nonstop. So... I, I'm imagining you editing our episodes like in in five minute, ten minute, half an hour chunks. Usually it's more 15 minute chunks. So I'll start, I'll be like, all you have to do is five minutes and then I'll get up to 15 minutes. I'll be like, okay, cool. I can stop now. I'm um, like, yeah. if, I, if I have a lot of time, so it really depends on like when I'm trying to edit them. So on weekends, I'll try and do like, you know, two 15 minute chunks throughout a day. Mm. whereas if i'm doing it in an evening i'll just you know, generally just do a 15 minute chunk um that's right you may not know it listeners but we edit this podcast <laughs> we do twice technically yeah um yeah because i'm comparing that to like how i approach the editing and it's literally just like i'll open it and then i will keep going until i cannot keep going anymore <laughs> Oh. which is usually like mm, five hours later <laughs> serena that's so unhealthy i know i know <laughs> yeah it's it's one of those things where it's just like that's that's how i'm used to working is doing everything all at once i guess like a thing for me to start practicing is to to be more sustainable in how i work yeah because like i, I love you and i support you <laughs> and you're fantastic Oh my god. <laughs> what do you mean you only ever work all at like when <laughs> I love to sleep. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Um I just forget that I am sleepy. <laughs> yeah, it's a problem. I just um, I wish I wish you yeah. were healthier. I do too. Hey, I, 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 I'm working on it. Um, you know, one step at a time. I used to not do any exercise ever yeah not even a little bit so how are your fighting classes going good 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 um because i am 
going to go down to part-time at work. Um, I'm hoping to go to class twice a week instead of once a week. So I'm really excited about that because on Tuesday nights we have instructional class where you learn things, but on Wednesday nights we have randori, which is free fighting. Mm. Mm, which I'm mildly terrified about, but I feel like it will be good for me. I recommend anyone who is thinking about it to take up a martial art just for like the discipline and mastery behind it. It's it's really satisfying. It's hard. It's hard work, but it's it's really satisfying once you progress and learn things. Well, and that'll help you with like procrastination y stuff. I think so. I think so. Just working through the those moments where you um where you're learning something and you plateau mm. and you feel like you're not making any progress and just working on pushing through those moments. Hey, thanks for listening to Things of Interest. This has been an episode about perfectionism and procrastination and we've talked about ourselves a lot. I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, it's been it's been really cool to just kind of like talk about how our brains work in very roundabout and probably not very coherent ways I guess I'll find out when I edit this in 15 minute chunks (laughs) as always you can find us online we're on twitter at castinginterest you can email us castinginterest at gmail.com and we're on facebook at things of interest if you liked this episode if you listened to another episode and liked it you can do two things firstly you can tell a friend And secondly, you can leave us some stars um, on your podcast listening device of choice. Let us us know what you think. And if there's anything you want us to talk about, particularly in a future episode, also let us know that. I've been Sophia French. And I'm Serena Chen. And as always, stay interesting.